it is the 21st century. There are officially too many video games. But out there in the universe, it's waiting. The best video game you've never played. Hello and welcome to the best video game you've never played, the podcast where I, stand-up and improv comedian Lewis Dunn, take on the suggestions of other people for the best video game that I've never played. I then play it for a week, sit down and have a chat about it with them, and then we discuss whether or not I was wrong to skip it, or whether or not, yes, it is in fact a game I should never have played in the first place, and I have wasted a week of my life. My first guest is Charles Dean, a fellow improv comedian in the show Any Suggestions Doctor, who has suggested a game that not only had I never considered playing before, but I did in fact already own. Let's find out what it is as we tune in with Charles Dean now. Hello Charles, how are you? I'm okay Lewis, how are you? I'm... Very good. I've just spent a week playing the game that you suggested was the best game I've never played. I should be fair to you, you gave me a list of three games and we agreed this was the most achievable for me to play in the (laughs) week's time frame I gave myself. So why don't you explain what the game is? Uh, Yeah, so the game that I chose for you uh, is the 2017 seminal classic Sniper Elite 4. When you suggested I should play Sniper Elite 4, obviously there were two, I should say there were two other games that you suggested. Yeah. Um, but I thought this was, this was the one that made me immediately type into the chat, ha ha, because I didn't think, I'll be honest with you, I did not think Sniper Elite 4 was going to be a game that I should have ever bothered playing. So much so that when you said you should play Sniper Elite 4, I then went and checked and I already own Sniper Elite 4 and have never touched it. <laughs> Well, why why did you why were you so dismissive of it offhand? So the main the main thing is I got it on PlayStation Plus, um, right. which is an excellent service that Sony provides of giving you games with a Metacritic score of sixty or seventy. <laughs> um, and it popped up, and I didn't want to download it. And to some extent, I was right about that because this game is forty seven gigabytes, and it it mm. does not need to be. Um, but I, my impression of Sniper Elite as a series was that it's quite a cheap series, and that it was quite a low budget, almost like a sort of it was something that sort of should have been kept on like a PC bargain bin. Like, I don't know if you remember as a kid, they used to have like um, a series of cheap discount PC games yeah, that yeah, were like yeah. a fiver and they came in like a white and gold box and you could yes, get like remember, Sonic yeah. R. Yeah. That was what I thought the Sniper Elite series was mm-hmm. before going but, in. Well, I think I think what you forgot, Lewis, was that this wasn't Sniper 4. This was Sniper Elite 4. Yeah, this is the, this is the premium sniper experience. Yeah. <laughs> Not for me. I didn't have to pay for it. I already had it. Um, although, although I did, in fairness, because you suggested once you suggested it, you said you should play the Hitler mission, and then immediately sent a message after saying, "But don't pay any money for it." And then I sent a message back going, "All of Sniper Elite 4's DLC is two pound ninety. I'll get yeah. it." Yeah, so, I'm, I'm actually a little bit jealous of that because after you mentioned that, I went. I'm I'm playing it on Xbox, um, which is you know maybe there could be some difference in opinion in the experience that way. But uh, I went and checked. Oh, is the DLC on Xbox super cheap? No, it's still like full price, like forty quid or whatever, something disgusting. Despite yeah, it don't being pay that four years old or whatever. Don't pay that. Don't pay that amount of money for the DLC. We'll get to the <laughs> DLC later. We'll get to this. Here. So I guess we, we've sort of tiptoed around it. Could you describe for the people listening what is Sniper Elite Four? Yes, uh, Sniper Elite Four is a game set in World War Two, where you play as an American hero by the name of Carl Fairburn, uh, and you are travelling around these uh, fictional Italian locations. Uh, basically killing Nazis. Um, There is a plot, there are other characters, there is a narrative. It's not important in the slightest. The most important thing is that you go to a location, you shoot some Nazis, you do a couple of objectives and you leave. Um, The the plot is so beyond inconsequential as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to say, for an inconsequential plot, this game really does want you to... Like, it... I think this game 
thinks its plot is worth paying attention to. <laughs> and you are completely correct. It is not. But I don't want to go too hard on it yet. We'll we'll get around to specifically why I think the plot of Sniper Elite <laughs> 4 is very... It's not just... It's not just badly delivered. It's not just a bad plot, but it also constantly made me do this thing where I'm going, oh, that's interesting. No, hang on. Is that true? I don't (laughs) think that's true. I'm going to go to Wikipedia. Oh, it's kind of true. Oh. Um, Which... (laughs) So this is the thing. You said, sorry, Sniper Elite 4, from what I could figure out, is about a fully soluble American sniper who, when he touches water, instantly dies. Yes. Um, Yeah is sent in to disrupt a Nazi radio-controlled missile program, which is semi-fictional. They they did do that in Italy, but this isn't based on anything that actually happened in Italy. Also, everyone you meet is German in Italy, except the good guys who are Italian, and I spent a lot of the game going, hang on, I thought Italy was its own thing. <laughs> I thought they maybe did a bit of the fascism. Um... <laughs> But I did look it up, and this is accurate. This is true. There were Germans occupying Italy. Yeah, so I guess it's, it's probably worth mentioning in a little bit more detail the gist of, of the plot. So there's like 10 levels or so, I think. And basically across these levels, uh, you learn that the Nazis have developed this, as you say, radio-controlled... Um, I don't think missiles the word. Like radio-controlled bombs. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They're, you know, because they're, they're still dropped from planes. Um, but like the radio controls, they can be more accurate. And you're going from place to place, uh, trying to find out more information about this, uh, gathering allies. You gather members of the Italian resistance. You gather members of the Italian mafia. When I say gather, what I mean is you encounter them and they play basically no part in what you're actually getting up to uh, other than to provide you with your next mission. Um and uh, which is it... which is kind of interesting because the way they do that is you sit you, you start every level you press I'm going to play the mission it plays a cutscene at you which is a series of slowly revealed drawings with a voiceover <laughs> and then yeah. you go to a little hub area where the game expects you to walk around and talk to everyone in the hub area to sort of get the mission briefing from them for not only your main mission but also all the little sub missions that are expected on each map each map mm-hmm. is like a few like sub side quest things and i think the best thing i found out about this section is that if you just skip it and go straight to the level all the missions still get put on your map so you don't need to do any of this at all yeah yeah it's um as i say like the the plot for me is is pretty inconsequential um it is just a means to get into these large open world spaces where you are using stealth and, you know, sniping and skills and all of these other little things that you learn to try and complete some, some as I say, some quite fun missions. Um, you know, I think some of the, the more fun objectives are the ones where it's not necessarily just about shooting a guy. Like, I don't want to get too far into it, but my favourite mission um, in the game is the viaduct mission, where you're trying to just blow up a bridge. Like... I think um, that's the best mission in the game as well. I think I would agree with you there. Yeah. And I think I would agree with you there because I think that level simultaneously has all of the best mechanics of the game being used really well and also is uh it kind of stands out in the game as kind of the only mission that does that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what I found very what what I'll, I what I'll say about this game is I played 3 of the missions and thought this game is great. I'm really enjoying this game. I'm really glad Charles recommended it. And then I kept playing it. And I feel like that is the biggest problem with Sniper Elite <laughs> 4, is that it keeps going. And I don't think that that does it any favours. And it sounds weird to say that. It sounds weird to turn around and go, I really enjoyed this game until I kept playing it. Um I've gone. I've, I've jumped ahead there a little bit. I should say yeah. what I found out is that I don't think these are Nazis because every time I shot one of them, it turns out it was a skeleton in disguise. <laughs> so every single we should point out one of the main mechanics of this game is every t- single time you shoot somebody in a major organ, which is most of the human body, <laughs> the game will go into a slow mo x-ray the person show your bullet eviscerating their internal organs and then give you a score yeah um, it's, it's which very... on the one hand very satisfying 
Um, on yeah. the other hand, one of the missions is kill all the Nazis inside this castle, and there's a lot of Nazis in the castle. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very Mortal Kombat. Um, and I th- but I think I kind of I do kind of enjoy that. Like I think you're right. There are a couple of times where it feels like, you know, do, am I ever going to shoot someone without getting one of these little cutscenes? Um, because you know you might be like, oh, I'm just hitting them in the shoulder, and then it goes through their shoulder and goes, oh, actually, you managed to get to their intestine somehow through this, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I think it is quite when you get like that really good shot, or when you manage to like you know shoot two people at the same time, or you shoot through someone and blow up a, a barrel that then it kills two more people. Like that's always really satisfying to see in that slow mo, to see all of the you know in all of its glory. If you're maybe in a bit more of a stressful situation where your cover is blown and you're trying to just get the hell out of Dodge and pick off people as you can, it's maybe a little bit more uh, disjointed. You may be like, no, I don't care about this. I I can't tell you the number. They would get to a stage where I'm like, as you say, sniping a a large quantity of Nazis that have found me and I don't have ammo for any other gun except the sniper. So I'm desperately trying to, as quickly as possible, shoot these people. And it's like... You you hit their kidney, and I'm like, I really wasn't trying to. Please don't draw attention to the fact <laughs> that I've hit their hitting their kidney was not my intention. Mm. I've realised we we've very much got ahead. It, we should say this game is a third person shooter. Yep. Um, which I kind of wasn't expecting. I did. I thought this game was going to be that you were set in a fixed location, and then from that location you were gonna you were gonna take people out and like barely move in this game. When I started this game, the first video game that came to mind was Uncharted. This game looks like it's trying to be Uncharted in a lot of ways. Loads of the stuff in this game is pilfered from that. Uh, In particular, the sound cues, which are identical to Uncharted. Uh, There's like the same panpipe noise quite a lot of the time with mission objectives. And it has this sort of like... It's set in it as you said. It's set in Italy, which is a great location for a World War Two game. I think this is the first time I've seen Italy portrayed in a World War Two game, and it's actually nice to not be on that the D Day beach, running towards people trying to kill you, or to have a level set in rural France. It's nice that it's in Italy. That's a unique location for a video game that I've not seen before. But also, this video game is like, what if Uncharted Four had the binoculars of Metal Gear Solid Five? And a sniper mechanic that is good. Yeah. I, so it's interesting you mentioned Metal Gear Solid Five because that's part of part of the reason I recommended this game to you. You know, because obviously I was trying to think. We've we've played a lot of the same games. I know that. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm certainly not suggesting that I think that uh, Metal Gear Solid Five is one of the best games you've ever played. But we we did discuss it a bit when it came out and how. You know, and, and the things we do like about the game and how basically the gameplay of Metal Gear Solid Five is quite good, um, but the plot is, even by Metal Gear Solid standards, bad. And be- bare bones, really, is, is I think, the issue with um, Metal Gear Solid Five. But if, we've also... If you, were, if you were to ask me which game has the worst plot, Sniper Elite 4 or Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> that is a genuine argument that I would struggle with. Um... But we've also mentioned how we uh, like Peace Walker. Um, yes, yeah. And obviously this is, I think, bigger, open, more open worlds than Peace Walker. But I did think third person, limited equipment, action adventure, uh, you know, mission by mission, rather than sort of being just dumped into an enormous open world like in Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, it is, I do think it is quite pretty. Um, it's certainly prettier than... Sniper Elite 3 and Sniper Elite 2. Um, Sniper Elite 1, couldn't comment. Um, Sniper Elite 3, all set in the desert, pretty bland looking. And as you say, with Sniper Elite 2, it's, oh, uh, here we are in the same old same old World War II setting. Whereas, yeah, with 4, being in Italy and having, you know, levels that are lush green vistas and having little Italian villages and forests and, you know, castles and... You know, each level feels different enough and looks pretty enough. You know, it's an interesting enough environment to be in. Um, so yeah, like there's, there's a yeah. I think you've picked up on quite a few of the things that I was also thinking, which I'm going to say is a plus for me. 
it's really interesting that you said like, oh well, Sniper Elite three is set in a desert, and Sniper Elite four is set in the sort of the the Italian place. Um, Uncharted three is set in the desert, and Uncharted four is set in a sort of similarly coastal looking vistas. <laughs> um, and if you look at the release schedules, they kind of match. So um, it's quite um, it's quite interesting to me that you're sort of like. Oh yeah, no. This this to me has got a lot of the same gameplay of Metal Gear Solid Five, but it kind of feels like that piece of Eddie Izzard standard because I don't know if you know this. Rebellion, the guys who make this, are British. Mm-hmm. They're based in Oxford, and you can figure that out by looking at the names of all the achievements and trophies. They're all they're all Churchill quotes. Um, but I I feel like it's like okay, we're gonna make a game that's like Metal Gear Solid Five. Okay, well you're British, so scale it down a bit. <laughs> okay, so we're going to make a game that plays like Metal Gear Solid Five. Okay, that's good. But um, scale it down a bit so you can't have anywhere near the same level of gadgets. Okay, so uh, we're going to scale it down to just like sort of as a few guns that you can use. And you're going to go and it, it will play like, well, again, no, that's still a bit too ambitious. Okay, instead of an open world, it's these very small, very designed little areas that you could go and do it in. Okay, that's good. Uh, and you'll have uh, literally none of the management mechanics, none of the resource mechanics. Uh, your binoculars are the most, simultaneously, the most powerful thing in the game and also are irritating to use. It's basically like this, like, what if what if Metal Gear Solid Five? had to be designed with a tenth of the budget. And when you take that into account, they did okay. They did pretty okay at that goal. However, as I've said, there is basically the way the game works is you have a sniper, you have a submachine gun, and you have a pistol. You do have a series of bombs and traps, but don't worry about them. They will never be useful. Um... (laughs) And it's like, it feels very pared down. And it does, I like I said earlier, I thought this game was going to be quite a cheap game. And it isn't quite as cheap as I necessarily thought it was going to be. But it is definitely cheap. It is definitely a lower budget game. I don't know how much this game released for. But if it sold at a full, like, uh, I think it's like 50 quid now in the UK, 55. Hmm. Definitely not worth that amount of money. As a freebie on PS Plus, it's pretty great. I I do think it sold at um like standard RRP, which I think at that point was forty five. Oh, back in the heady days of twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think it sold for expected full retail price. Um, I think you're being a little harsh to the size of the areas. I don't think the areas are very small. I think the areas are are you know it's obviously not Afghanistan and Metal Gear Solid Five, but you don't want that because. That because that's boring. one of the reasons Metal Gear Solid Five is bad. Yeah, like I think because you know it's still quite big and uh, there's still quite big and expansive, and there's enough to do in each of them without you feeling like I don't think there is much to do in any of them. I think all the all the environments amount to essentially um, blocking. They basically work to put walls in the way between you and the thing you're trying to shoot. I can't think of any unique interactions in any of the levels. This is the main thing. I I, I should say now, I didn't finish the game. I right. got up to, I think, mission six. Which one? What, what What's mission six? What happens in mission six? Oh, you've got to kill some people and then leave. <laughs> what's, the, what's the setting like? The mission, the mission I beat before was kill somebody for the mafia. Right, okay. Which was the one where you have to raid a castle and kill every Nazi in it, which I think is possibly the low light of the game's design. I think that mm. was a really badly designed mission. Mm. primarily because this is not a game that feels good to like kill lots of people in it feels good to kill one person in and run away Mm. so when it's like you need literally the mission is kill all the nazis in and around the castle i'm just sort of there with my cover blown the game yelling at me everyone can see you and i'm there going well how else was i gonna do this what was your (laughs) what was your plan was i just trying to like slowly pick them off one by one when they weren't looking at each other until there's one nazi left going it's awful quiet so I think that's I think that's one of the things I'll say about the game as well, which you know, in a week you won't necessarily have you won't have had the time to have got this. And indeed, if you didn't enjoy the game, I'm not going to sit here, Lewis, and tell you they were, you were wrong. Um, <laughs> but I think what I I I really enjoy. So the the first time I played through the game, like from end to end, I was very much trying to play it as stealthily as possible. Like I was just like, if I get spotted at all. I am restarting the checkpoint. Um, I have no idea how you play it like that. Honestly, I, I I thought that was how the game wanted me to play it until 
after a while, I was looking at a level going, I have literally no idea how you get through this game without alerting anyone. I may, Maybe you can get through without having your cover blown, mm. but you will definitely have people going, well, someone's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, of course. I'm not expecting no one to find any of the dead bodies I shot from 200 metres away. Um, but, you know, if it was, like, full alert, I was like, okay, no, I'm restarting that. Okay. And what you... I think what you eventually realise is, like, so then I, when I've played through it subsequently, you realise that actually having your cover blown isn't that scary as long as you know how to deal with it, or you, you like, you have a you have a plan, like, you have an escape route. Like, I think you were mentioning the weapons earlier. I, I also disagree what, with what you're saying about the equipment. Like, I think having the grenades and the mines and stuff is quite useful, especially if you're trying to draw attention away from where you're going it can be quite useful to have you know to place a mine run somewhere else towards your objective and then someone goes through that kaboom all the guards of all of a sudden over there going what the hell was this i never i never found it better to do that than if i know where someone is and i know their route just shooting them <laughs> just shoot them um, because you're talking about like oh i can lay a mine to blow something up to cause a distraction the map's full of explosive barrels and vehicles and levels it's just like one of the one of the actually advantages of the game is when you put those binoculars on you can see everything in the environment that's interactable which is very helpful like as you say like oh, i want to cause a distraction over there you shoot that but then oftentimes i would shoot that and then they'd go who shot that there he is <laughs> well i so the the other thing is that which again maybe you you wouldn't have had a chance to explain this and or experience this or whatever it can also be fun to set booby traps in bodies of people you've killed because then someone goes oh there's a dead body over there they come over to inspect kaboom like that's also fun that's a separate thing i didn't i didn't get a chance to do that i saw that the game was offering to do that but every single time (laughs) i found out i was like everyone in this room's already dead um but the point the point i was going to make is the Equipment, I think, is use- is useful situationally. Of course, like there are, there are certain levels where it's like, when am I ever going to use this TNT box? I never um, figured out how to use the TNT box. I threw the TNT box multiple <laughs> times, and it turns out all it does is place TNT. Um, the, the sniper rifle, obviously, pretty useful. I think the, the sniper handguns... rifle's so good in this game. <laughs> the handguns, the empty lung mechanics, amazing. <laughs> the handguns pretty are, are pretty good. Like if you're if someone's up close to you, the handgun's pretty good. Did you did you have the silenced handgun? Um no. Right, I think this is this is a season pass bonus. Yeah. yeah. I got a handgun that was silenced. Yeah. And so the game became are you going to shoot this person with a silenced sniper rifle? Are you going to shoot this person with a silenced pistol? Or are you going to run up to them and melee them before they have a chance to realize what the hell is going on? And so basically the game became three ranges. <laughs> Yeah, see, see, so, so that was part of what I was going to say. The submachine gun, I think, is, or, or most of the submachine guns and the shotguns and so on, useless, uh, pointless. Like, if someone is at long or medium range, use your rifle, which will kill them in one or maybe two shots. Someone's really close to you, melee them or maybe use your pistol. Submachine gun, too slow, too unwieldy. Um, but I, I did actually want to, to bring this up with you because I think if you've been... If you've been using those sil- like those always silenced weapons, the silent mm. pistol and sni- silent not, sniper not rifle. always silenced, not always silenced. The silent sniper rifle has limited ammunition, and then it's like, okay, now you have to use right, okay. Because I was going to say, I obviously haven't played with those, but within within the main game with the regular rifles and pistols, there is silenced ammunition that you can find. Yes, that's what I was using. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, then, in which case. <laughs> I, I just I saw I saw that there were in the DLC guns weapons that started silenced and in my head it was like the nightmare scenario where oh and they're permanently silenced and that just defeats the purpose like no the the pistol is permanently silenced but also it's not reliably accurate so basically the the pistol does give you a slight advantage because it means very close up enemies that haven't spotted you you can just silently take them out mm. but it's not guaranteed you'll kill them so I blew my cover quite a lot of times thinking I'd shot someone in the head, and I hadn't. So there is one, like, I think the default pistol in the game actually is permanently silenced, but it's bolt action, so it's slow. You know, like... Yeah, this was, which quite, I think, this was quite a quick little pistol I had. Yeah, yeah the, the, I think the slow bolt action pistol is quite... It, that balances it quite well. 
you know, it means you can't just be going pew, 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 pew. Like, you, you, like with the sniper, if you're going to take that shot, you have to be quite precise with that shot. But we should talk, we, we should talk about the sniper because this is the mechanic of the game. <laughs> this, is, this is the entire reason this game exists because the first, as far as I can tell, the first few Sniper Elite games, Sniper Elite 1 and 2, what was the game I thought it was where you're stuck in a fixed location mm. and you're using the sniper mechanic and the sniper mechanic is really good Yeah, because you can press R1, I don't know, probably right bumper on xbox mm. um i imagine r on the switch <laughs> and um the game tells you whether or not you are actually gonna kill someone or not it gives you a little it, it, it it's a remarkable mechanic because it basically you look down a sniper rifle and you've got a crosshair and then you press this button and it goes the crosshair is lying <laughs> this is actually <laughs> well yeah so so the the game has and i i would be saying this in you know air quotes of course realistic bullet physics so the point is if you're shooting someone 100 meters away or 200 meters away the bullet is going to drop um and indeed on the harder difficulties not only will it drop but it will also be affected by stuff like wind um and yeah like golf and on the absolutely hardest difficulty it's going to drop it's going to be affected by wind and it also drops more on the harder difficulties um but on the hardest difficulty not only does all that happen you also don't get the little thing telling you where the bullet's actually going to go yeah, this is the thing. I really, really love the mechanic of the empty long where it tells you where the bullet's going to go and lets you line it up properly and so on. And you sort of learn how the gun works that way. But I think every mechanic I like in this game is actually a training wheel that the people who actually really love this game immediately turn off. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's funny. I, um, I, I remember, it, you know, like all games, there are obviously people who speedrun this game. And they, I think, generally speak, I'm sure there are people who speedrun it like a whole campaign but generally speaking they do it like mission by mission because that's something you can do you can select the missions and i remember there being the so in in the 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 viaduct level that we were talking about the best level in the game um yeah. uh, so the idea behind this level is that you've been sent to this forest and there is a viaduct and on this viaduct there is a railway gun which is basically an enormous cannon that is firing yeah. like mortars uh, and it's on a train um, they do actually exist. I can't help but think it must be an incredibly impractical method of shooting anything because it can only fire in a straight line. So you have to make sure there's a train track exactly where you want to shoot. Um, but your mission in this level is to blow up this bridge to destroy that railway gun. Um, and one of the challenges in this mission is to... It, once you've beaten any level, you you can redo it and it also gives you little bonus challenges as well, like, you know, kill 10 people using mines or whatever. Um, and one of the challenges on this one is beat the level in less than 15 minutes. Now, I have now done this. Um, it's not, I, I think it's like 11 minutes and something. Um, but I have also watched people speedrunning this mission and the, the, like, precision of their movement and the fact that, you know, it's like with speedrunning a lot of games, always just like, you must have done this so many times to figure out exactly where every guard was going to be so that you didn't get spotted by them. But this is the thing, I feel like this is a game that thrives on trial and error knowledge. Mm. It's mostly about knowing where everyone's going to be before you even turn up in the level. Which is like, as you said, like that's a game that people love. Like That's essentially what Hitman is. That's the entire point of the oh. Hitman franchise. And this game shares a lot of Hitman's DNA. Mm. I, I, I wasn't going to make that comparison as well, but I'm not sure how much you've played of the new Hitman games either, so... I'm going to level with you. I have not got very far in either of the Hitman games that I own that I didn't buy but was given by Sony. <laughs> and um, the main reason for that being, I really don't like trial and error and learn everything <laughs> in the map gameplay. Because there's a part of me. And this is kind of why I like Sniper Elite 4. Because even though it's definitely a game that's made for people who like that, they have put the training wheels in of this is how the sniper mm. works. Press this button and the sniper gets better. And like you can tag enemies and once you tag them, you can see them through walls. Mm. And also, if as you say, if your cover is blown, it is fine. You mm. can get away. It's kind of more like Metal Gear Solid in that respect. Like Metal Gear Solid, you can get spotted and you can get away with it. Mm. And it, uh, same with Sniper Elite 4. You can get spotted and get away with it. Although I must say... Um, the the Nazis in Sniper Elite Four must have some massive short term memory problems because they. <laughs> it's not just that they're like, oh, 
well, we can't see him and there's no action, so we're going to return to our patrol routes. It's like, oh, I guess the war's over. I'll just <laughs> lean against this crate. It's just... It's the only thing the Nazis hate more than the Allies is cover. <laughs> and it's just... But I did appreciate as well that they have a thing where it's like a certain area will be on high alert, but then another part of the map they don't even know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and that I appreciate because that makes it more playable. Yeah, again though, I think in terms of the realism thing, there's one level in particular where that doesn't necessarily make sense. Where you'd think everywhere would be on high alert, which is the uh, the aforementioned level where you kill Hitler, um, where you'd think if if Hitler's in the area. And you've got some snipers. Uh, or you, you think there's, like, anyone coming to kill Hitler. Maybe get Hitler out of there immediately. Don't just be like, oh, these, like, 20 or so losers outside will deal with him. Hitler, keep touring our factory of whatever. You know, <laughs> like... Yeah, Hit- Hitler seems to have the security, like, um, the security level of a health and safety inspector <laughs> in that level. It's really... Like, because I was playing... I played that level deliberately before this because you said I should give it a go. And I was dragging on the campaign. I thought, well, I've got to go and jump over and play this level to discuss it. This level where you kill Hitler, not only is it shorter than any of the campaign missions, Mm. it's significantly easier than the majority of the campaign missions. And killing Hitler, like, I killed him. And the game was like, good job. And I was like, oh, that was Hitler? Oh, okay. Part of the appeal of that level, though, is, and again, if if you weren't enjoying it, you wouldn't be inclined to do the replayability anyway. But part of the appeal is all of the different ways you can kill Hitler. Like I did kill Hitler two different ways. What were the two ways you killed Hitler? I killed Hitler by shooting him with a submachine gun. Right. Which I did because my cover had been blown. And whenever my cover's blown, I just panic, get out the Thompson and shoot <laughs> wildly at the people chasing me. Okay. And one of them was Hitler. Um, and another, And then because I knew that was Hitler... I threw a grenade the second time so I could get away quicker. Oh, wow. And I blew him up with a grenade. And then I checked the achievements and you're right. There's like, you can shoot off his testicle. Yeah. You can kill him with a casserole. So you, this is not a comprehensive list, but you can obviously just shoot him, classically. Um, you can crush him beneath a huge stone eagle while he's giving a speech. You can crush him underneath a U-boat. There's a lot of crushing. You can crush him underneath some yeah. uh, torpedoes. Um, you can poison some soup. I think actually you electrocute the soup. And he tiss it and then he dies. That's quite funny. Um, you can uh, blow up his boat while he's escaping. There's one in particular, though, which is incredibly convoluted. And it is one of the challenges, which basically involves you uh, like shimming around these pipes, dropping from a pipe and grabbing onto a ledge to get through a window. And this is the only way you can get to it. You go in there, you meet an informant, and he gives you a gun like just a handgun, and you go and shoot Hitler with that. And if you manage to do it that way, then you get that gun as a skin for another gun. And it's like, ah, oh, neat. Glad I took like 40 minutes trying to figure out the Rube Goldberg machine you'd set up for me to get this one. That's all right, though. I don't mind that so much. The thing I like about that, the thing I liked about the Hitler mission was I was expecting the Hitler mission to be like the... Uh, like the gauntlet mission to be like the hardest mission in the game mm. and for it to be like all right you've come you've you you've downloaded target fury you're gonna have to really use all your skills to do this mission and then actually no it is one of the easiest missions in the game yeah. and part of me was quite pleased about that because i was like actually yeah i don't want this to be the hardest mission in the game because i do just kind of want to shoot hitler and just be like hey done it i, I mean yeah the, the the revelation in the aftermath just like in the mission in sniper elite 3 where you kill hitler and i believe in the mission in sniper elite 2 where you kill hitler is that it wasn't actually hitler it was a body it's never double. hitler it's never hitler it's never hit he it, always falls for it but it does have um it does have very big danger five vibes that mission <laughs> where it's just like <laughs> you're actually going in here to uh you know blow up this uh u-boat factory or whatever and remember kill hitler <laughs> that's the main thing as well they send you in for a completely different mission and then you find out hitler's there so you're like sod that mission and i'm like these hitler doubles are doing a great job because they're <laughs> mostly preventing snipers from doing what they're supposed to do well you you can of course also blow up the factory and you know i have done that because i feel like it's a necessary you know in helping the war effort <laughs> yes yeah by the way in terms of helping the war effort i had no idea snipers did this much in terms of the missions you're requested to do, this guy borderline saves Italy by himself. He is absolutely 
overworked yeah. to the extreme. <laughs> the amount of things you have to do in this game as a sniper. Most of the things you have to do in this game don't involve sniping, in fact. They mostly involve attaching satchel charges to things. Well, I think that's, that is the thing. Like the, the, the very first mission is obviously... And I think this is they set this up quite well. Is it the premise is just oh you're just going in here to kill these four um, high ranking officers and then in that mission you go wait a minute what's actually going on here and that's how it sort of instigates all the other missions and then you get the um, I don't know if you'll have done this one because I think it might be a little bit later in the game um, but there's one where you go to like a docks and you're using your satchel charges to basically destroy all of these anti air. Um, yes, I have done that mission. Yeah, I, I really love that mission as well. I don't know how you felt about it, but just that that mission was the wall for me on this game. Okay, I struggled so much on that mission, and not just because I think one of the big problems with that mission is it's huge in terms of the amount of things they expect you to do. Mm. So the map itself isn't the map's pretty big, mm. but it's like you have, like you say, you have to destroy you have to destroy lamps for. Uh, spotlights you have to destroy some anti-air guns you have to assassinate a certain person and i'm trying to do all of this and this is the mission where i went i don't think it's possible to beat this game without getting an alert set off because not only is this docks the most heavily guarded thing in the game which contextually makes sense but also i'm just there going like i have 20 bullets to do this whole mission with it's not gonna happen (laughs) Sorry, I still just can't get over you mistaking spotlights for lamps. I'm just picturing like the Nazis being like, "All right, guys, we need to stop these Allied planes from getting in. Everyone, head down to IKEA and get a bunch of table get lamps. A bunch of, get a bunch of table lamps." It, uh, to be honest, in that mission, it felt like I had to shoot every single table lamp in the fucking box. There were so <laughs> many things they wanted you to do in that mission. And bear in mind, I'm now at the stage where I'm trying to beat this game as quickly as possible mm. in preparation for this podcast. So every time the mission was like, oh, you got to blow up eight things. I'm like, what was wrong with blow up three things? What was, <laughs> what, what gameplay loop is improved by the addition of so many more things? Um, one mechanic, I haven't even talked about this. One mechanic I also really like in this game is uh, other snipers, mm. which happened a lot on the docks mission, but I actually really like this, which is obviously there are snipers ro- owned by the enemy. And, <laughs> owned by the uh, enemy. They're owned by the enemy. And there's a thing that will happen where it will just glint on your screen and say, you've been sighted. And that lets you know a sniper can see you, but also, crucially, you can probably see them uh, if you can look around a bit. And then you sort of have this very, very quick little sniper battle and I was like, this is good. This is making me more aware of my surroundings. This is making me like suddenly look up in places that I wasn't looking up. Because quite a lot of the time, I found that I was overreaching where I thought enemies were. I was like, oh, they'll be in that little nook or cranny up there. And actually, no, they're like 10 feet in front of me. But they actually are quite well camouflaged. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I didn't look at the floor. Why didn't I look at the floor? Yeah, I, I love the, the, the mini sniper battles. Like, the, the first level has... I don't think it has any snipers at all. But then every level mm. after that has at least two or three or more. And they are, yeah, they, they, they are just so much more intense, especially when you are trying to, as I say, if you're trying to play a bit more stealthy and you're trying to get deep into the territory and all of a sudden you get that flash on the screen and you're like, oh shit. And you have to like dive yeah. into cover quickly because like you've, because you've not been thinking, oh, someone's going to spot me. Um, and it's also one of those things where, you know, there's a couple of the nighttime levels where it starts off feeling much easier because obviously it's darker, so it's harder for people to see you in general. But the moment you realise there's a sniper around, you're like, I am never going to find them. And it just yeah. really, you know, I, weirdly, I think it's one of the best balancing mechanics in the game because it does stop you from... Because obviously it's, you know, it's video game AI. You know, if you as we've mentioned, if you really wanted to, you could learn exactly where everyone's going to be moving and you know yeah completely the ai hardened. in this game is not very good it it it's good at points but as you say like it they they get quite forgetful um it it's not just it's, it's that they're forgetful but it's also that it's i don't know if this is part of the stealth mechanics but there was quite a lot of times i would take somebody out and everyone would take cover facing me mm. in a way that was like not only are you exposed and facing in the wrong direction, but I've taken out three of you, and you're all still exposed and facing the wrong direction. See, again, I think it depends on how you've taken them out. So I also, this week, you know, obviously spent quite a bit of time replaying it, and in fact today I replayed the Hitler level. Um, And there is a bit in the outside area 
where I very deliberately... So there's like a church bell that you can get up into, um, which gives you quite a good uh, view of most of the outside space. And what I did was, I was just like, doo, 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 looking around, and I saw, oh, there's an explosive crate, and there's someone about to walk past it. Shoot the explosive crate, and that blows up. Obviously, everyone then runs away and is looking at the explosive crate. So, like, in that instance, that's why they've got their backs to me. It's because the thing's from over there. That's true. I think, I think to, to some extent, though, that that is one of the problems of the game, is that I feel like the AI flip-flops between you've blown up an explosive crate, they're now all hiding in the wrong direction, but that contextually makes sense, to other times where I have, like, taken out one person and suddenly the entire map knows where i am mm. Mm. and i and i was like in cover or in a high location or something and i feel like that there's a combination of they're desperately trying to get the ai to be competitive mm. but they're also trying to make sure the stealth mechanics make sense and i get that's a difficult like needle to thread but i feel like again this is the problem with like Oh, we're going to be Metal Gear Solid 5. Doesn't Metal Gear Solid 5 have some of the best a- enemy AI in any video game ever made? Yeah, but we can't afford that. I so mean, just... I'll say, Lewis, if you've, if you've never had a grand old time just running around Afghanistan exploiting the AI in Metal Gear Solid 5, you have never lived. But the AI in Metal Gear Solid 5 is like, it's very detailed. Not just in terms of like, it's very good at reacting to the player, but they have like full schedules they're meant to be doing and... So many of them. This is the thing. So many of the missions in Metal Gear Solid Five can be solved by not shooting things. Mm. All of the missions in Sniper Elite Four are solved by shooting things. Well, yes, but to be fair, Sniper Elite. The clue's in the name. If Sniper Elite Four, if it was beneficial to not snipe, if that was the most fun way of playing the game. But that sort of hit, for me that hits the nail on the head. It's like welcome to welcome to a sandbox environment. You only have a hammer. Everything is a nail. You cannot... There is no room for creativity in Sniper Elite 4, as far as I can tell. Like, you can maybe blow up things in a different order or set a couple of traps, but the only way you are getting through this mission is by killing everything or, you know, blowing up this gun. And the only way to blow up this gun is to attach a satchel charge to it. And you can either decide to kill everyone around it and attach the satchel charge or kill no one around it and sneak through and attach the satchel charge, but this is how the mission is going. Whereas I feel like other games in this sort of ballpark of like Metal Gear Solid Five and Hitman are more sort of like, no, there's loads of ways you can do that. There's loads of clever things that we've planned around how to complete this this single objective, which is kind of why it's a little bit more... When I was comparing it to Uncharted series, it's obviously nowhere near as cinematic as Uncharted, but it kind of feels like it has it has similar AI. Uncharted's AI is not great, and the stealth mechanics in Uncharted are not great, and I feel like that's what's happened. I feel like it's kind of got that game's AI, but with the ambition and level design of something like a Hitman, but they can't back it up. They can't they can't reinforce this like play any way you want style mechanic it's like play any way you want brackets sniper or pistol <laughs> so have you, you you haven't finished the game as you say no i like i say i the last mission i completed was the mission where you attack an italian castle and it's for the mafia mm. due to some plot so are you are you intending to finish the game no i don't think i will finish the game okay. mostly because i feel like i don't think the game is going to change so, well, that, that's interesting you say that. Do, do you mind, then, if I tell you what happens in the final level? No, that's... I mean, people listening, obviously, spoilers for Sniper Elite 4, brackets, don't worry about it. Don't worry about spoilers for Sniper Elite 4. It's not important. Um, so the final mission, as you could probably guess, uh, you f- figure out where they are making these super special bombs, um, and your job is to go in there and destroy the place. Um, and... So you go in and it's it's okay. It's definitely not the it's definitely not the best level and it is a level where a lot of it is inside. Um and obvi- and you know granted it's inside in big expansive like uh warehouse size spaces mostly. But it does still feel a bit like oh okay so the appeal of this has been this big open world and it's technically an open world but it feels much more closed and you don't have like the same long satisfying sight lines in as many uh, places Mm. um but you go around you destroy a bunch of things and then you go up to like the control 
tower to do the classic, you know, call in the bomb squad to actually, you know, now bomb the place. Um, and uh, basically, it turns out that one of your allies that you've picked up along the way, who you've not been paying any attention to and you haven't been chatting to, because as Lewis said, you can just skip past them and begin the levels. Turns out one of them was the Nazi mastermind all along. <gasps> Shock horror. Oh. Um, and he's got... Uh, a plane. Is it the one who's a Nazi? Um, I, I can't. I, I can't remember. I think it is the one that's the Nazi. To be fair, but he's. But it turns out he's a different Nazi. Crucially, okay. Like, I remember distinctly starting a level, and there's a German guy who's the informant, and he's like, eh, eh. Yeah. And the main character's like, you're playing both sides. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the the twist is supposed to be, oh, you thought I was this Nazi? I actually killed him and took his place. And it's like, okay, whatever, fine. Um. And basically, at the very end of this, you then have it's to... It's okay, whatever, fine, isn't it? It's kind of like, haha, I've caught you out. And you're like, I've killed hundreds of you fuckers. Yeah, it There's doesn't... nothing that you're going to do yeah. that's going to stop me. It, it's not. It's no Andrew Ryan in uh, Bioshock, you know? No, it's not, <laughs> it's, no. It's, it's, it was, yeah, like... Um, anyway, so you, you find this out, and then you like have to basically shoot your way out and shoot down his plane, which has a bunch of these bombs in it before it can take off. Um, and it is distinctly the worst part of the game. Like, that whole section is just... Because it all of a sudden... Like, you're not using these sniper mechanics because you're having to quickly, like, get your way through this firefight. So you have no choice but to use, like, the submachine gun or the handgun to get through these narrow corridors to get outside to shoot his plane, and then that's it. And it just feels a bit anticlimactic, you know... I like well I feel vindicated then thinking that actually I shouldn't finish this game because I don't think it gets better. <laughs> I think it will either stay the same or get worse and apparently it gets worse. Um as as I say I think I I it, it's it's not the best final level I've ever played in a game but I do I do think the game is very replayable. I enjoy like one of the mechanics we haven't really talked about is um and again if you've been playing with all of the DLC I think this is a classic example where I think the DLC of the game can make it like arbitrarily easier i feel like the only distinct advantage i got from the dlc was the silenced pistol i don't think i think all of the other mechanics and stuff i'm using is default to the game yeah but but this is the thing just having that just having that silenced pistol and that silenced sniper rifle takes away from the satisfaction of like actually working to get your rifles and your guns and your equipment better oh well i was trying to upgrade my sniper the entire game and it was like you got to shoot people in the lungs 30 <laughs> times or something and the amount of times i hit people's liver kidney yeah. grenade and i'm like how do i how do i accurately and consistently hit the lung because i can shoot their heads pretty well <laughs> i know how to do that one yeah um i i, I just Sorry, just bring up the grenade thing. That's another thing we should probably mention is that you can obviously like shoot people. Yeah, you can shoot people's grenades or if they're holding like other equipment, you can shoot that and then that will like explode or whatever. And sometimes it is something you can try and do deliberately. Like it is quite satisfying if if you see someone throwing a grenade and you shoot it out of their hand. Like it's really difficult, but it's it is Mm. very satisfying. What I think is sometimes more fun is when you're doing like this that epic shot halfway across the map, three hundred meters. You've spent ages lining it up. You wait. You pull the trigger, and you go into the slow mo thing. It goes all through the air, and then it gets there, and you think, "Oh, am I going to hit them in the head? I'm going to hit them in the heart?" And no, you actually hit them in their grenade belt, and they go kaboom. <laughs> yes, it's kind yeah. of it's quite funny. <laughs> it is quite funny, but I did that about four or five times in a row, trying to shoot people in the lung, and I was just actively annoyed that I hadn't success. And it's like the lung shouldn't be too hard a target. It's a pretty big thing. Lewis, where would you keep your grenades if not directly in front of your lungs? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, as I say, I didn't. I, I wasn't necessarily expecting you to think this was the best game ever, but that wasn't the question. The question was the best game you've never played, and crucially. Crucially, I think almost all of the games I think are close to being the best game uh, I think you have played. And I either know that you agree with me that they're good, or uh, I know that you dislike them. And I was kind of hoping this would be in the former, but I'm getting the impression it's closer to the latter. Well, this is the thing. I'm being quite negative on it because I feel like I'm coming in to... Because I feel like I we know you love this game, so I feel like it's on me to, to provide the the antithetical opinion but this game has a metacritic score of 77 
which is which that is, is good. spot on. That is exactly what this game is. This game is seventy seven. It is it is like absolutely pretty good, mm. and I feel like I I enjoyed quite a lot of my time with this game. And it's I think as soon as I started playing it, I was like, oh, actually, this isn't what I thought this game was. I thought this game was much more hardcore and much much more like unfriendly to players and cheap but it's not it's actually quite a fun little action game that has a really good mechanic and has stolen every other mechanic from every other game of its type (laughs) it even stole the mechanic from splinter cell where it gives a little outline of where your enemies last saw you and as soon as that happened i was like oh yeah i like that mechanic i'm glad they put that in here but i also think that this i if they announce the sniper elite 5 I can also wait for that to be on PlayStation Plus. Mm. I don't have to go out of my way to grab the next installment mm. in this series. But I did like it enough that I would say if you, like me, got this on PlayStation Plus and skipped over it, you can get a good weekend out of this game. Yeah. But as soon as you're finding it, starting to find it frustrating, just drop it. It's not, it's not worth getting frustrated over. It mm. doesn't get any better. You're not in it for the story. Um, but if it really clicks with you, there's a lot of game here. You mm-hmm. can have a good time. You you know, I feel like the people who love Hitman and the people who loved Metal Gear Solid Five more than I did are going to get a real kick out of what is essentially a nice cheap version of those two games. I, I would say, especially in terms of the Hitman comparison, it's kind of like, do you want a bigger space? Do you want to be playing Hitman in a bigger map? Because I think the maps are are bigger. It could be. Wrong, I think but... you've over exaggerated the size of the maps. And again, I I think the maps are I think the and it's a problem with a lot of games of this type. To what extent are these maps unique levels of unique mechanics mm. and to what extent are they just could if you if you just painted over this map with a big gray block and just took out all of the textures. Mm. Is this map anything other than a series of different obstacles? It's kind of like how I feel about every open world game. Is that an open world game? It's like, oh, we built this huge world, and I went, have you or have you textured a bumpy thing? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think what I was going to say is, if if you if you enjoy uh, the new newer Hitman games, um, which, which I do, but uh, you also every now and then you enjoy going into those and going, I'm not going to bother trying to be stealthy. I'm going to just go and go in and shoot people and see you know that you know this this is a, a very good way of experiencing that where um you can try and take the more careful deliberate approach but if you really want to you can just go hell for leather and sometimes that is more sometimes it is more satisfying especially as i say having gone through it with the slow methodical deliberate approach the first time to then in later playthroughs just go bang 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 get on the boat and get out of here um <laughs> that's the thing it's a much low pressure game than something like hitman yeah. like hitman has this constant overbearing feeling with the games going like yeah you can just shoot them and run away but then you're bad at this <laughs> you're bad at the game whereas sniper elite 4 is yeah you can just go up and shoot them and that will work and you can get out of here well done yeah. that was the mission <laughs> it's an interesting threading between the two and i don't know to what extent it fully succeeds in that idea and i feel like over time i mean this is the fourth installment Mm. of this series although i did have a look and sniper elite one was on the ps2 and has basically no relation to the rest of this series um so i think what's what's also interesting is rebellion have also made and they use the same engine um they've made the zombie army games yeah that i have never played and have no interest in um but if you literally just want the like gory see see shooting someone through the skull or whatever um and if you want something that's a bit more like horde mode because there is a survival mode in this and i've played it a couple of times but i cannot you know it's it's not it, the, the, i don't think this game is built for survival mode and it also has a multiplayer mode that i have tried a couple of times and it's again it's not built for that let's quickly let's quickly address multiplayer i played two multiplayer maps uh the first time i played it my team lost 12 nil on capture the flag <laughs> Why is there a capture the flag mode? There's a capture the flag mode in this sniper game. Uh, the sniper in the multiplayer mode is completely useless. Uh, for a game called Sniper Elite, it slowly became Grease Gun Elite. <laughs> and then and then the second time I played it, three people joined my team, all of them mic'd up, and they expertly coordinated the kidnapping of the flag several times, and our team never lost the flag. 
And I came away from this going, okay, here's how Sniper Elite works. Do you have a group of friends who can coordinate? You have won the map. I mean, that's the to, to be fair, that's the same with a lot of like multiplayer shoot 'em ups or action games or whatever. But I just think, personally speaking, it's not a game built for multiplayer. Like the whole point, like the whole point of the whole appeal of being a sniper is that sort of like you know one man army isolationist aspect of it and so they'd be like oh also go get a flag so the game's (laughs) the game's got so it's got quite a lot of content in the multiplayer and co-op areas so much so that it's like i feel like that's how they made the value proposition of like this is why it's a full price game yeah because they're like you can play the multiplayer and you log into the multiplayer and then you've got the sniper rifle and because you're shooting real people not controlled by ai the sniper rifle becomes completely useless immediately like there's no way you're successfully pulling off a sniper thing unless you're really really good with the sniper yeah um and then i tried to play it on co-op and i joined a session that was in progress where they had set every single rule to the most hardcore rule (laughs) so there was no minimap i could not tag enemies using my binoculars Mm. there was no empty log mechanic for me to be able to know even if I was shooting vaguely in the right area. I mean, I think that the thing about that is, you know, the game is now, you know, it's three, four years into its life cycle now. If you're playing the multiplayer at this stage, you're, you are probably like a more hardcore, I eat, breathe and sleep sniper elite four. Yeah, you know. I, I, I tried to play this co-op game and then everyone else on the server kicked me because they were like, you do not know what you're doing. Yeah, you, yeah. You I remember having a, a similar experience years ago when I tried playing Left 4 Dead online for the first yeah. time, like years after it came out. And literally, and I had my mic in my head, so I was like, oh, hey guys, they're like, oh, look at this loser, boo! And I, was like, Bye. <laughs> I, did, I didn't get bullied, they just quietly went, <laughs> oh, okay. you're an idiot, click. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't, if you're getting this game, don't get it from the multiplayer or the co-op, no. unless you get it and then you get really into it. And then you could go for it. But even then, you might need to bring friends because the the community is not welcoming. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's also... You, you mentioned it's on PS Plus. I think it's also on Game Pass. Um, yes, actually, we should do this. I played this game on a PlayStation 5. Uh, mm-hmm. This game does not require a PlayStation 5. I have subsequently discovered this game is on the Switch. It's probably just as good there. Uh, <laughs> you said earlier that you thought this game was quite pretty. I disagree. I think this game is occasionally pretty, but up close, very ugly. I, as I say, I was largely comparing it to the brown and yellow and grey and drab setting of Sniper Elite 3 and the, you know, mid to, well, early 2000s washed out World War 2 setting of Sniper Elite 2. I, I I think my point was more it's nice to be playing a game like this in an in a vibrant environment. That's true. This game came out the same year as Uncharted 4. This game looks like a high-end PS3 game. Well, we haven't all played This isn't the best game Charles has ever played, Lewis. This is true. This is true. But I'm just going to make this comparison there are people like it doesn't look too bad. Da, da, da. No, no, no. This is a mid-generation ps4 slash xbox one game this game is this game looks cheap it doesn't look bad but like when you get a cutscene between the character models talking to each other i get a real sense of like oh cool i'm playing i'm playing um saints row on ps3 right now <laughs> i mean again lewis you shouldn't be looking at the cutscenes; they're not there to be enjoyed no but they but they're but they are there and they they like they they're going close on someone's face to make sure that you can really see that when they blink it's terrifying. <laughs> um, that said, though, looking at the pedigree of the developers, so Rebellion is a developer based in Oxford in the UK. They are a reasonably small developer. The main thing that they've done before Sniper Elite was the Alien vs Predator games, of which one of them is really highly praised, which is the one for the Atari Jaguar, and is apparently now impossible to get a copy of. Um. And then all subsequent Alien vs. Predator games are bad. And then everything else they've done is the weird port of a game you didn't think existed on that platform. So, for example, they're responsible for Call of Duty World at War on the PS2. Uh, They're responsible for um, The Simpsons game on PS2 and Wii. They they are a very odd developer, and they're co-owned by the people who published 2000 AD comics. 
Wow, that's actually... I did not know that. That's... Yeah. Huh. Which is weird, because as far as I can tell, they've never successfully pulled off a Judge Dredd game that anyone liked, which you think <laughs> would be the top of the list of things they should be trying to do. I mean, there's a whole other discussion about whether or not Judge Dredd is a property that would work with a game. Uh, my, the short answer to that I'd have to that is no. Like, it's it's as a property, it's... He's not really a hero you should aspire to want to be. Yeah, but you but you can play as anti-heroes, you can play as baddies. I mean, they, they, I've also discovered Rebellion are responsible for Rogue Warrior, which is famously one of the worst games ever made for the Xbox 360. Uh, and they're also responsible for Never Dead, uh, a game where you basically play as a sort of even punkier version of Deadpool that again is famously one of the worst games made <laughs> in that generation. So to act- to give the developer their due, this is leagues above their usual output. This is so much better than Rebellion have ever done. And I feel like you can tell that the reason it's Sniper Elite 4 is because the team behind it have gone, oh my god, we found something that works. We can actually make this game. Let's keep making it. So I'm going to I'm going to wrap it up now. Okay. Um I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do two things, which is to go right. Is this the best game I've never played? Well, this is the first in this series, so, so technically, by yes, yes, Hooray! it is currently. Do I think it will stay the best game I've never played? No, oh. um, because I've already lined up what I'm gonna play next, and I expect much better things of what I play next. Oh. Um, just to quickly go over the two games that you set up for me that I didn't do. Yes. <laughs> the first of which was The Witcher 3. Witcher and I want 3. everyone listening to this to now know, Charles is completely correct. I've never played The Witcher 3. He knows I've never played The Witcher 3. And I would like to keep it that way. Because <laughs> The Witcher 3 is apparently hundreds of hours long. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I when, don't like fantasy as a setting. Yeah, when, when I suggested it, I... It's part of the reason I gave you three options is because I knew you wouldn't... You know, I, I do think that is literally the best game you've ever played but i also knew you were never going to be able to play it in a week so i was like look if you want to be really bald then <laughs> i think i think crucially it's not just the length of the witcher 3 it's that i know even though i haven't played it i know i'm not going to like it i just okay. know i'm not going to like it and i really don't want to spend an hour with somebody who really loves the witcher 3 <laughs> with me explaining in detail why i hate it and why and why i'm and why they were wrong to make me play it um so i'm gonna save that for somebody i like a lot less than you oh, okay um, question mark. Or, or someone who is far more insistent than you that i have to play the witcher 3 okay. because because i will just tear into it um even though i haven't played it i might actually love the witcher 3 i bet i won't um and the other one you suggested was um was it motorsport manager motorsport manager <laughs> Now, you know how I said I knew I wasn't going to like The Witcher 3? <laughs> My day job is spreadsheets. I have to do that anyway. Uh, I, I, I love Motorsport Manager. It's, it's, I first got it on the Switch, and then I got the much better version on the PC. And, but again, I, I could appreciate why you probably, you probably wouldn't like it. I think you'd like it a lot more than you think you'd like it. I think there are aspects of it you'd enjoy. Um, but similarly... It is in a different way to The Witcher. It's a game you need to play a lot to sort of get where if you to where if you're not into that sort of game already. Like I love like sim games and management games and stuff. So, um, you know, I'm, I, it's quite easy for me to just get stuck in and appreciate. You know what? The first two years of my racing team, they're going to be crap, but they're going to get good, and I enjoy that. But I can also appreciate why. Wouldn't necessarily want to have the commitment of going. I'm going to play this for a week, and my team will still be bad. Yeah, I think I think given like I played Sniper Elite Four for a week and got bored of it and thought I've had enough of this game. I think if I'd played Motorsport Manager for, I think two hours, I think I would be messaging you going, "I'm not doing this anymore." <laughs> if if you not... had played it for two hours, you probably would have done zero races. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. It's not. It's not just the idea that. It's not my sort of a game, which to be fair, it's not my sort of a game. Um, but it's like, hey, no, you, you've got to understand, it might sound boring managing your own motorsport team, uh, but also it's something you have no knowledge in. Um, <laughs> like, I've tried to play football manager a couple times, 
And at least in that, I very quickly go, I don't know anything about football. I can't do this. Mm. Whereas in Motorsport Manager, it would be like, it'd be like trying to decipher an alien spaceship, like desktop. I'd be like, I don't know how to fly this. And I don't even know if it flies. Well, I think it's safe to say then that of the three options that I had on the table, I probably picked the right one with Sniper Elite 4. I even think if so. you think it's going to get knocked off the top on the next episode. I think it might. Well, this is the thing. It might not. It might not. Because I think I think of the three games you proposed, Sniper Elite 4 is the one I had the most prejudice against in terms of what I thought it was. And it surprised me probably the most out of the three games you sent me. I think if I played The Witcher 3 or Motorsport Manager, they would have been exactly what I thought they were. Whereas Sniper Elite 4 actually wasn't the game I thought it was, and I quite enjoyed it. Hmm. But it is a 77 out of 100. I agree with Metacritic. (laughs) Well, there you go. That was me and Charles discussing Sniper Elite 4, currently the best video game that I've never played. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review. And why not subscribe to it so that you get a regular update of video games that I've never played before. Next week on the show, I'll be joined by Kieran, who will be going through a game with me that involves death in the darkest reaches of space. What game could that possibly be? The only way to find out is to listen to the next episode. Thanks very much for listening. Bye!